This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the pride of New Jersey sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Oh, the pride of New Jersey. Let's see. It's March Madness time. Pride of New Jersey. It's not Rutgers. Hmm, it's not Rowan. Uh, maybe we're discussing St. Peter's. Could it be? Could we have... Rochelle Paul, the athletic director at, I mean, for now, I'm just going to call it like New Jersey's Michigan, New Jersey's North Carolina Duke. I mean, that's that's where you are at this point, Rochelle. I mean, let's just sum it up from 30,000 feet. How has the experience been? We'll keep it simple at the start. Wild. The experience has been outrageously wild and so exciting and so fun and so great. And it's truly amazing for us. All right. I understand the emotional part of it. And I see the, the voice is a little hoarse. I'm sure you're screaming with every bucket. That's excellent. But I hope that at least some of those gigahertz in the voice are being used to scream at sponsors and donors and students and everybody else. Really, give me give me again. I'm going to go macro and then we'll, we'll kind of, you know, laser target in here. But on the macro level, what does this mean to a school who, by the way, and I love our Daniel Libet pointed this out, you are maybe the only school in the tournament where the university president makes more than the basketball coach. We do not see that very often. So what does this mean on a macro level for the athletic department? You can't put a price tag on it. I think it's an invaluable exposure that we are getting nationally, I would probably say globally. All of the things, you, you know, you mentioned screaming at sponsors and donors and all these other things. We haven't had to do much screaming. People have actually come calling. And that's very different for us at St. Peter's. We are usually the ones that are out there screaming at folks to pay attention to us. And, you know, we do have a really good product to offer. And here we are. People are now seeing the product that we have to offer. And they are chomping at the bit to be a part of what we're offering here at St. Peter's in the athletics department and quite frankly, the university as a whole. 
Now, Eben and I have been working together for more than a decade. You notice how he didn't even make a move for the microphone? He knows there's no way the journalist in me will let that pass without now saying to you, all right, then, please tell us, Rochelle, give us a dollar figure. What has this been worth and what do you think it could grow into? I think it's too early to put a dollar figure on all of this. We're still in the thick of it. We're playing on Friday. We're going to win on Friday and the value is going to increase even more. But some of the things that I can tell you just from an exposure standpoint, our uh, applicant inquiries have increased. Our applicants here at the university have increased. Our sponsors have really come, you know, our fan, you've seen our fan watch parties. We're going to have another one Friday. Adidas is going to be sponsoring some things. Uh, some of the other folks are sponsoring some things. Uh, we have uh, outside sponsors now that are uh, providing transportation to our fans to Philadelphia. The geographic location of Philadelphia has been extremely, um, you know, helpful for us and for those sponsors that really want to provide transportation and things like that. We've had t-shirt companies reach out to us and provide t-shirts um, and want to do t-shirt designs. We will be on the billboard in Times Square. We have commercials airing on CBS. Um, our student athletes now have more of an opportunity to participate in the name image likeness thing, which before now wasn't really something that we were sort of dabbling in quite honestly. So to put a price tag on all of these things and all of this exposure that the university and our student athletes are getting at this point, I, I don't think it's possible. I don't think you can put a figure on it. All right. And also Rochelle, I know Eben would probably normally jump in right there, but I'm going to do it instead because I'll have you know, on our last podcast, I brought up the fact that you guys might be benefiting uh, when it comes in terms of applications to the school. And Eben poo-pooed me. He's saying, well, Scott, I don't think you know enough about St. Peter's in Jersey City, you know, because frankly, I believe it's more of a commuter school. So I don't really think that's going to be the case. So thank you very much for allowing me to, I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm undefeated, but to once again say, Eben, you were wrong. Listen to me when I speak that yes, a run like this, I don't care what the school is, is going to have a great front porch effect and there will be more people who wish to know all about that university. I would agree. And I can tell you, I don't know if you're aware, Thursday after we beat Kentucky, there was so much traffic to our website, the university website, that it crashed. So there were a lot of people and whether they were looking as, you know, high school students or transfer students interested in attending the school, there were a number of people that were just interested in who the heck is St. Peter's, where is St. Peter's located, and what can I find out about this university right now because they just beat Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Wait, you guys beat Kentucky? I wasn't aware. <laughs> yes, right. we did. Well, and I got to tell you, and Eben, you can jump on this part. I, the, I think the logo and, and the peacock and, and the mascot, I mean... I'm surprised it didn't have greater exposure because it is unique. And what a fantastic logo. And if you were thinking about an animal and a logo that goes perfectly with kind of this giant up, you know, upset killer, whatever, like this preening of the peacock, it's perfect. You guys should be selling so much merch. I'm just curious, like, how are you going about it? Or do you have to push it? Or is it just happening organically? It's happening organically. It's funny. Before the tournament, you know, the the... Not real, and I don't, I don't mean not real, but the fans that aren't really basketball fans until March Madness comes around. But, you know, you always get the people that choose their bracket and pick teams because of their mascot or things like that. And we had a few folks reach out to us and say, hey, you know, my son picked you to go all the way because he loves peacocks and you have the peacock mascot. And 
we're the only peacock mascot in Division One. So of course, people sort of caught on to that early. But then when we beat Kentucky, you know, I was telling someone the other day, you have all of these fans that are real college basketball fans that whether they're aware of the history of our head coach or they know about St. Peter's, they want to root for the underdog. And then you have a whole nother group of fans that are just fans of St. Peter's strictly because our mascot is the peacock and our merchandise sales. We have a, a web store on our athletics website. And since Thursday, we've done $19,000 worth of merchandise sales on our website alone. We've set up a pop-up shop here on campus uh, with the limited merchandise that we had on campus. And I want to say they raised $8,000 in like 48 hours or something. So it's really happening organically. Like I said, we've had a couple of t-shirt companies reach out to us that want to have t-shirts made. They've had t-shirts made. They're available to purchase online. Uh, So people are really interested in the merchandise and certainly the peacock mascot is so unique and people want to want to sort of latch onto that. Can you put that 19,000 into context for us? Is that, is that a week? Is that a month's worth of sales typically? What, what exactly does that kind of amount to for you? <laughs> that was going to be my question, by the way, I told you we worked together for a long time. I don't know the answer to that. Quite honestly, I can tell you it's not typical sales. I would go out on a limb and say, Prior to Thursday, it could have taken us maybe 10 months to a year, if not longer, to raise $19,000 in merchandise sales from our um, web store online. And I might be grossly overstating that, but I, that, I mean, we don't get much traffic there at all. Kind of going back to this idea of, of all the ways in which this is beneficial for you guys, are, are you talking to folks at Oral Roberts from last year or Florida Gulf Coast, are you kind of having conversations with with schools kind of of your size that have been here before to get a sense of, of hey, here's what I can expect in this week leading into the Sweet 16. What should I be expecting from donors, from sponsors moving forward? I'm curious who you're talking to as you think about the best way to kind of capitalize on this run, no matter where it ends, looking ahead towards the next 12 months. Yeah, and honestly, the last you know, four days uh, when we won on Saturday have been a whirlwind. And as as I'm sure you're familiar, we are a very small institution. And here in the athletics department, we are, um, quite frankly, a skeleton staff. So I have not had those conversations. I've had an opportunity to listen to some of those folks talk about their experience in the past and what we can sort of expect and what to look forward to. I haven't personally reached out to them. Like I said, it's been very busy with trying to transition from last weekend in Indianapolis to this weekend in Philadelphia and ticket sales and, and you know, alumni and hotel things and things like that. So it's all hands on deck here for the last couple of days. But I do look forward to speaking to folks that have done this before. So I can have a better understanding of what to expect moving forward. We're chatting with Rochelle Paul, the AD at St. Peter's, still alive in the NCAA tournament, taking on Purdue down in the Philadelphia region. That's nice and easy, huh? Better than traveling across the country. That's a nice one for you. It's great. It's been, I think it's about 90, 89 miles, I think, or 90 miles from uh, Jersey City. And like I said, we're able to transport fans there. We have students attending. They're taking buses there. Uh, The team is traveling by bus. So the geographic location is really beneficial to us because we can expect to sell out. And we have sold out really of our ticket allotment, which is great. In Indianapolis, you know, we had a, a small group of fans there, but not many folks traveled. I'm not sure those of us that are sort of outside the program, um, you know, really thought it would have been beneficial to travel to Indianapolis. But sure enough, we had more fans on last week on Saturday than we did on Thursday. I can tell you that. 
All right. Before joining St. Peter's, by the way, you were at Seton Hall and we've covered the rainbows and the sugar of it all. Can, can I ask you the, like, the tough part now? And do you know where I'm going? Of course you do. I don't how, know. Do you keep, how do you keep your coach? Shaheen Holloway, a former Seton Hall player. Obviously, he will get attention from a bunch of people when you make a run like this in the tournament. Seton Hall has a job open. How, pray tell, does St. Peter's compete with the big boys when it comes to keeping a coach who will command, obviously, a hefty salary raise? Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, financially from a, from a salary standpoint, I, I don't know if we can compete with a place like Seton Hall or some of these other places that have head coaching openings. It's my job to do whatever I can to keep him here. Uh, you know, there are some benefits to staying at St. Peter's. Certainly he's got a team of, of young men that he recruited that, you know, would love to see him stay and, and love to see him sort of run the league similar to the way Iona has done for the last couple of years. And, and, you know, it, I have to be honest, those conversations while you're reading about all of these things in the media and you're seeing all of this speculation that that's where he's going next. Uh, Coach Shaw and I, we were together at Seton Hall before co both coming to St. Peter's. He was here the year before I was. And, you know, he is committed right now to the St. Peter's men's basketball team. And these conversations, quite honestly, have not taken place. We haven't spoken one word about it um, because he still has a job to do here at St. Peter's and he's committed to, to this game on Friday. And if, and when it happens, I will do whatever I can to keep him as our head coach. I, I got a question for you. And now you're, you're a Buffalo native. You went to Canisius, you played two sports at Canisius. So not technically a Jersey gal, however, honorary status now, and this means a lot in New Jersey and Shaheen Holloway will certainly know this. If you go on, I'm forget about win the tournament. Let's say you make a final four. What do you think about the idea of a rest stop named for Shaheen Holloway? I mean, Vince Lombardi has one. Should Shaheen Holloway not have one? What, what better inducement could there be than a rest stop on the Jersey Turnpike? Well, I'm going to correct you. When we go on. Sorry. Not if. When we go on. Yes, I would absolutely say there should be a rest stop named after Coach Shaheen Holloway. I sh it should say... Uh, High school, all-star, all-American, uh, Seton Hall, Hall of Fame point guard, and obviously Final Four National Championship St. Peter's head coach, Shaheen Holloway. Yes, there absolutely should be a rest stop named after him. Perhaps give even a, more. Give us a glimpse into coach then. You know, I choose my rest stops, of course, based if I have to, you know, stop and go. But... I choose my rest stops based on the offerings. So, you know, coach, tell us what would be sort of the optimal two or three offerings for him? Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to definitely say Chick-fil-A. Um, gosh. So no Sunday. <laughs> no Sunday. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think what else from a rest stop. He's a big milkshake guy. Uh, he likes milkshakes. Yeah, I'm sure you heard the story about the McDonald's last weekend that he got food poisoning from. So I, I think we'd probably stay away from McDonald's. Ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I, I would I would go with maybe Chick-fil-A first and foremost. All right. Let's get them as an anchor tenant, right? Do, do we eat Chick-fil-A, Evan? Yeah, for sure. I don't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a Chick-fil-A person, so so I don't know. Do, does Does your experience as an athlete help in the position that you're in? I mean, you have to balance the financial interests of the school. I get it. And we are at a, a time of serious change. You mentioned NIL earlier. 
but your experience as an athlete, does that help you to balance sort of the athlete needs versus coaching needs versus administration needs versus needs of the university? I would like to think so. Yes. Um, I think my, I would say my experience as an athlete, and then certainly some of my experiences throughout my career, I referred to, you know, when I was at Kinesis as the director of compliance um, a number of years ago, that really gave me insight into establishing relationships with coaches and student athletes and, and the importance of relationships and the importance of, you know, being able to have those folks that you're working with respect you and, and, really understand what you're saying and know that you're trying to help them. And I think my experience as a student athlete is really what piqued my interest into uh, this world of intercollegiate athletics. And it really got me interested in pursuing a career and obviously setting the goal of wanting to be an athletics director. So I, the priority in my chair is always to ensure that we're providing a quality experience for our student athletes. And at St. Peter's, that may be a little bit more challenging for us to do than some of these other places, but we do the best that we can. Our student athletes, when they commit to coming to St. Peter's, they know what they're getting into. Our coaches are very transparent. They understand, you know, what, what the student athlete experience looks like here compared to, you know, even some of the schools in, in the league and some of our counterparts in the MAC. But I do think that my experience as a student athlete has helped me relate to the student athletes. I try to, you know, participate in activities that they're participating in. I travel with men's basketball. I, I think it's important that they see me sort of in their environment and not just sitting in my office, you know, upstairs with a suit on every day. You know, I, I think it's important. And, and that's how I try to sort of establish relationships with student athletes. And certainly in my time at Seton Hall as an administrator and not the director of athletics, I had a little bit more time to do that. Most of my tenure at St. Peter's has been through COVID when we've been social distancing and wearing masks and not really having student athletes on campus. But, you know, that was one of my goals when I started here was I wanted to sort of create an avenue for the student athletes and I to create these relationships because I think it's important that they know that I'm trying to understand them and that I come to work every day for them. They're, they're our customers. They're who we come to work for. And, and my experience as a student athlete sort of taught me what sort of things they're going through in college with regard to classes and practice. And, and all these other things that they're trying to manage. What, what has this week been like for them? I mean, I, I know they came back to campus. I'm sure they're practicing a lot. I'm also curious about some NIL deals that some of your athletes have, have signed in, 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 this, in this week here. Everyone told us last week, it's so hard to be very nimble if you're a company working with teams that, that, that shock everybody in March Madness because there's such a short window in which you can use them. Uh, that has not stopped a few of your players, at least, from, from getting deals done. To the extent that you can, walk us through kind of what's going on with them right now, trying to balance school, balance uh, the, the the practice, and then balance maybe some business opportunities that are cropping up because of the success they've had over the weekend. Yeah, I can say uh, it's been... It's been great for them, and it's been one of the best things to watch them experience the excitement that people have around them. I mean, we they when they left for Indianapolis last weekend, we did a farewell, and there were a number of students and faculty and staff that were sort of there to to send them off to Indianapolis. We did the same thing on on uh, Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday when they returned to campus. There were a number of folks in the gym, um, just anxiously awaiting their arrival to campus. And then since then, you know, it's been a little bit of, and I'll use the word media frenzy. We had a bunch of media here uh, yesterday before practice where they did interviews. The governor came to practice uh, the day before yesterday. So it's been a little bit wild and crazy for them. Coach has really tried to 
remain, you know, keep them grounded and have them remain as humble as possible and not have this be a huge distraction. Because while this is a really exciting time for our student athletes and we're trying to allow them to enjoy this newfound stardom that they have on campus and in the Jersey City community. Um, we also have a game to play and a game to win. And, and we want to make sure that their focus stays on Purdue for Friday. The name image likeness deals, um, you know, they're coming in fast and furiously. It's been hard. I can tell you yesterday we did, you know, like a little bit of a press conference the media was invited. Uh, then they had to start practice. So the media was asked to leave the gym. And sure enough, you know, you, we've got media parked on the sidewalks outside and waiting for them to walk across campus and sitting outside their dorm room or their dorms. So again, it's been a little bit crazy. I'm hoping that that the guys are keeping their heads sort of humble, uh, but it's, it's a really good group of young men. And I know they're, they're very good at it and they are just as hungry as, as coach Shaw and his staff to win this game on Friday. So um, we're hoping today things have settled down. We'll travel to Philly later this afternoon and and we'll go from there. What was it coach said about having kids from New Jersey and New York? You know, they're not worried about anything. Is it like I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like that. Man, I hope he, I hope he's got a good trademark lawyer. Because like <laughs> like it or not, and and some do, some don't, but the tournament does create these ephemeral business opportunities. And you mentioned the NIL. And frankly, for Shah or Shaheen Holloway, it might be longer lasting. I, I mean, Pat Riley, trademark three-peat, right? Why, yes. why shouldn't it? There's a whole bunch of kids in schools, like a t-shirt uh, around the streets of New York and Jersey City and New Jersey of, you know, my, I got guys from New Jersey and New York. They don't fear anything. I think that could sell, don't you? I do. Yes, I absolutely think that can sell. And it's funny because when it comes to Shaw, uh, there aren't as many restrictions uh, as there are from the NCAA as there are with our student athletes. So uh, I think it absolutely can sell. That's one of the quotes I think that, you know, the folks in New York and New Jersey really sort of grasped onto. And, and that's really what got him. I know he had a good one at the end of the first game when the reporter, sideline reporter asked if he was nervous. And he said, about what? It's just basketball. I know that was one of the ones that everybody sort of loved. And then certainly the one about, I've got guys from New York and New Jersey. I think he connected two states um, with a simple phrase and everybody was sort of on board with that. So, yeah. I, I would hope you just said connected two states. I would hope somewhere down the line, that the Port Authority becomes a sponsor of St. Peter's. I mean, for those who are not in the area, you got to understand Jersey City is just a, you know, a, a five, 10 minute path train. And that path is Port Authority Trans Hudson. It's not a walking path, as some would think. It, it's, it's a train that goes right to downtown and then into midtown New York. I mean, come on, you, you, you got the governor at your practice. You got to make this happen between the governors of New York and New Jersey. I think that I think this is an opportunity and I don't even want to commission on this. <laughs> well, I, I will certainly recommend it for sure. What, what about just sort of, again, macro level, where the NCAA stands? We are in such a time of flux and change. And I keep hearing power is going to go to the conferences. Some say like Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, may be more powerful than anybody at the NCAA where are we? Just, just just help me understand where is the NCAA in, in this time of flux? Um, the NCAA is definitely, I would say, in a transition period. Uh, so in January, they adopted sort of new standards for Division One, Division Two, and Division Three to, to create sort of their own, um, you know, 
constitution, if you will, and membership requirements. So they are currently in the phase, there is what's called the transformation committee that meets regularly, I want to say at least twice a month. Um, and they're talking about, uh, and for us, you know, what I'm aware of, and they, they keep things pretty close to the chest. They haven't been um, real public about some of the things that are discussed in these rooms, but I know they're talking about division one membership requirements, minimum standards, um, you know, sports, things like sports sponsorship and, and personnel, uh, uh, minimum personnel things. And, you know, for, for a school like St. Peter's and, and some of our colleagues in the MAC and some of the other mid-major schools, um, I know, you know, we're a little cautious about what's going to come out of this transformation committee and what's what's Division One, in particular is going to look like in the next, I'm going to say, you know, 18 to 24 months. Uh, but I do anticipate some major changes. Uh, and and I, I honestly have no idea what they're going to look like. Rochelle, you could maybe weigh in on, on a debate that Scott and I had on our podcast last uh, last week or maybe earlier this week. These changes that we're talking about seem to me like they help schools like Kentucky even further separate themselves from schools like St. Peter's. But even as that is happening, if you look at the way the men's tournament, at least, has played out in the past decade, schools like St. Peter's are actually doing way better than they ever have in terms of beating much bigger, much wealthier schools. I'm curious why you think that is, that, that at this time when the haves are separating from the have-nots in, in this kind of accelerated way, that smaller schools, particularly on the basketball side, are also doing better than they ever have in the NCAA tournament. You know, it, it's interesting, and I'll again refer back to one of Coach Shaw's quotes after a game in his press conference. You know, March Madness is, it's not about what, these schools have, how much money they have, what their, you know, what the dorms look like, what their facilities look like. March Madness is about the what's happening on the basketball court and who's the better team on any given day. And so, you know, obviously the, the, um, the student athletes that Kentucky is recruiting look a little bit different than the student athletes that St. Peter's is recruiting on a variety of different levels, of course. Um, but anything can happen on any given day. And that that's the joy of March Madness. I mean, we're not the first Cinderella team. We certainly won't be the last Cinderella team, hopefully. Um, and so I don't, I don't really I don't know why, you know, the schools like Kentucky are are trying to sort of break away. It's sort of the age-old question, you know, for us at St. Peter's, as the athletics director, I always want more resources, right? I always feel like we could be better, we could be more competitive, we could do all these things if I had more resources, if we had nicer facilities, if if I could offer more scholarships, all these things. Um, but the argument is, here we are, St. Peter's, um, you know, approaching the sweet 16 we're doing more with less and there are a large group of people that would look at me and say you're doing more with less why do you need more you don't need more you're you're just fine with what you have and so you know it's sort of this this balance that you have between the haves and the have nots and you know in order to be this basketball powerhouse you need to have these great facilities and you need to offer the scholarships and have all of these things for the kids and have the best of this and the best of that. And then you have another group that says, well, no, look at St. Peter's. They don't have any of that stuff. And they're beating Kentucky and beating the Murray States and, and they're in the sweet 16. So, you know, I, that's the best part about March Madness. We talk about, you know, the NCAA and this transformation and, you know, the, the, the big five, the big East, sort of the sixth, you know, 
conference that doesn't have football, but that's a good powerhouse in basketball. Um, and you talk about them sort of wanting to separate from us little folk, but but then March Madness comes around and us little folk are competing with with what they're doing. So you spend all year talking about it and then here we are in March Madness and it happens every year. Um, but I think that the, the power fives are really just looking to, to sort of um, elevate what it means to be division one and have a minimum standard of what it means to be division one. And for the folks like St. Peter's that may or may not be able to cut it, you know, they, they don't want us competing against them. All right, Rochelle Paul, the AD at St. Peter's, I will sum it up. But the great David Stern, no matter, and this is me first with the, no matter the size of your stadium, how many seats or pretty or endowment, David used to say one thing, if you can play, you can play. Seems to sum it up for you guys right now. Yep, absolutely. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. That's great stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Go Peacocks. I got to say, Eben, I'm an old man. So I remember the days when NBC had the slogan, proud as a peacock, right? It makes sense now why NBC and Peacock are you know, helping the team uh, and its travel arrangements. But uh, I, I love that fact about the university store. It's like almost a year's worth of sales in a week. Uh, and not surprised, small school makes a makes a, a dance like this and, you know, people are interested. They want to be a part of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome to hear her go through kind of the, the full checklist and she pr- hit on pretty much all of them, Scott, the reasons in, w- in which this is going to help them. They're already seeing it potentially for interest in the school, for for donations, seeing it, I'm sure, for tickets. Sponsors are, are calling her already. And, and and to have that conversation for the first time, Scott, also extend to athletes. If we were having this conversation a year ago, there were not NIL opportunities uh, happening in this in this middle week uh, for athletes that had a fantastic start to the tournament. It's really nice to have this conversation, not just around St. Peter's and the school that is such a great storyline, but also to hear it extend to the athletes themselves, because now for the first time they're able to. Can't wait for the rest stop. He is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Weishurst. Matt, uh, our producer is Matt Whitehurst. How's that? Thank you very much for all that you do, Matt. You can edit that out if you want to or leave it in to make me sound silly. Our social media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Media Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.